Bailey and Harper, we're back. Episode 64, deep in the thicket of interior offensive line numbers of the podcast here. 64, it's Roman Harper's favorite stretch of Bailey and Harper, given how much we all know he loves himself a good interior offensive lineman. <laughs> Roman, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great. Can't wait till we get to the seven, so at least I can talk about a left tackle, maybe. Some actual athletic offensive linemen? I thought you'd go in that direction. I'm trying not to be an angry person about interior offensive linemen, Kyle. You, but you, you know been, you have been my emotions. Man. Yeah, you have been. Since we got to 60, you have been the bigger man. So 64, we're most of the way through. All right, you, you go first. Get it out of the way. The best to ever wear 64. George Frederick Blanda. Mm. Icon. The great icon. I grew up, I didn't grow up watching him, but I grew up watching highlights of him on NFL films. Who, he, who didn't play with George Blanda <laughs> on Madden growing up? Who didn't? <laughs> Right? I don't know. <laughs> he played 26 <laughs> professional seasons, Kyle. That is absolutely crazy. I didn't know that he went to the University of Kentucky. Let's be real. Nobody should play that many seasons of professional football. 26. Like even Tom Brady should quit before 26. Dude, everybody thought Tom Brady's played the longest. I'm like, nah. George Blanda, this guy still was the GOAT before our GOAT. You think his wife left him too because he refused to quit? Dude. Uh, we should definitely talk about that. <laughs> I heard they're not even living in the same house right now. Oh, dude, she bailed. She let, I love the way it was, it was reported, too, that uh, Giselle left the Brady compound in Tampa. Do we call this the Harper compound? Is that, we, is that what we're calling this? No, no, no. It's just a house. It's just a house. It's because it's, you know. Yeah, it's, it's just a house. Doesn't we don't need to be a compound. Yeah, compounds when you got, like, It's like evil villain shit, right? Dude, hold on. One more thing about George Blanda. Please hit me with it. I mean, his stats were not goat-like, though. He well, threw 236 touchdowns. He threw 277 <laughs> interceptions. His completion percentage was 47.7%. Dude, he played in the era of and the then, wishbone where teams yeah. had a receiver, not multiple. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a receiver, man. Dude. Like, who it, catches the ball? That guy. He does. You're right. You're right. His passer rating was 60. I mean, he had a whole bunch. Of, he kicked the ball a lot, though. That's what it, that's what it's really come down to. He did, he did everything. Yeah, but then his field goal percentage was only like fifty-two percent. So like Bill Russell of football, he did everything. Coach, you're right. Played, he did it shots, all. Right? Shout out to George Blanda right, before I go to hating on my own pick. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, Randall McDaniel, obviously great. The best to do it at number sixty-four. Nine-time first-team All-Pro. Crazy. McDaniel. I don't think that's anybody ridiculous. else. Does anybody else even have that? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, I, mean, I don't think anybody else that's has so that. so many that even without knowing for sure, I bet money that he probably has the most. But then again, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's a record. He had a record 11 consecutive Pro Bowls. I know that. Oh, my goodness. Um, Randall McDaniel was a monster. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona's own, by the way. Arizona State, Sun Devil, shout out. Randall McDaniel, legendary. Now 57 years old, by the way. So uh, we, we got some offensive linemen in. Right there. In which of the 50 directions we could take this here podcast tonight? Would you like I just to go? looked it up. I just looked it up, Kyle. The most ever all pro first team is Jerry Rice with 10 tied with Jim Otto. Oh, that makes sense. Right. Jim I mean, Otto. Jerry Rice played like 20 years. Sure. That so, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't all pro for 20 years. Not even no, close, but, but I mean, he's still. But still. Yeah. But no, all right, go the ahead. Point's Sorry. The point. no, the point's the point. So here, here's what we got. This is a Wednesday night where to start this podcast all in a span of about, I don't know, three minutes, <laughs> some combination of all of us learned these things. Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run to tie Roger Maris about 10 minutes ago, right? True. That happened, so we'll get to that. Uh, we all learned that Coolio, rapper and, rapper and actor, has been found dead at the age of 59, RIP Coolio. <laughs> that is absolutely horrific. I learned, <laughs> I learned that uh, NASA has gone full Armageddon and crashed a rocket into an asteroid to divert its path away from Earth, thus, I guess, saving all of humanity? Uh, so, not exactly. It was, it was the smaller part that it broke off from a bigger part of another asteroid that had been flying around. And oh, actually, okay, I see now. So it was kind of a test yes, to see it, if a it, space rock that might threaten Earth. I, I wasn't aware of this project. I feel like a rude for not knowing this. <laughs> But again, my my excuse is I have an infant son and an eighteen month old daughter, so my life totally is get it. The, the The spaceship was called Dart, and I, that is yeah. short for Double Asteroid Redirection Test. I'm I'm catching up on this now. This and is impressive. Think shit. about you know this what? though. This is some some <laughs> proactive, really positive shit that I'm seeing here from NASA right now. Let me just tell you that this makes me feel good about humanity. Right? We're planning for this shit. We're not going to have a Bruce, uh, Bruce Willis-style situation, Ben Affleck, where we're all caught off guard by the asteroid coming at us, right? 
we're we're proactive here. I Kyle, love this about us. Kyle, I, this was one of the first things I wanted to talk about and bring up. You right. were like, what are you talking about? Think about like, this. Think about this. <laughs> Who's our primary rival in the space race? Always has been. Russia, right? What are we currently doing? We're currently funding a proxy war in a proxy war against Russia. We're trying to help crush Putin while simultaneously making strides in the fucking space race. We're kicking his ass on both fronts. So not only that, America, Kyle, baby. but think about this, though. Huh. NASA just didn't fire this thing up without talking to everybody. I'm sure we let they didn't everybody. Talk to most of us about it. Well, no, they didn't talk to the common people. No, but <laughs> I'm anything. sure they communicated with everybody in NATO to let everybody know what was going on. They, I'm sure they spoke to China as well, and trying to talk about, hey, look, this is what we're doing. This is what's going on. This is what we got. This is what we're going to do. And so it's been really interesting too. Thinking about this though, the scientists insisted that DART would not shatter. Demorphous, which is the bigger asteroid that was out there, right? So they hit the smaller one. And do you know how much the bigger asteroid weighed? So the spacecraft weighed 1,260 pounds compared with the asteroids 11 billion pounds. Really? <laughs> that is huge. That's how big we just... 11... <laughs> how could they even be sure about that? Dude, I don't know. You, I mean, they fired a rocket off a spit, a ship. Listen, you don't, you, oh, now you're questioning the weight of the asteroid now? I, I, I am a little bit, a little bit. I'm just saying, like, how accurate are we talking? Like, what's the margin of error for estimating the weight of a fucking asteroid that's hurling at Earth a zillion miles an hour? So they say the target was a 525-foot asteroid named Dimorphos, which was a moonlit of Didymos, a fast-spinning asteroid five times like bigger. The, the, like Morpheus, like the thing from the Matrix? But die in front of it, D-I. Oh, Dimorphus, I got yeah, you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so, Morpheus. And so they said the pair have been orbiting the sun for eons without threatening Earth, making them ideal save-the-world test candidates. See, this changes things for me, too, because <laughs> when you first told me this, I was like, wait a minute, they actually had to do this. To and, save us? And, no. And to save us, right? And didn't tell anybody. And then no. on top of that, Bruce Willis, who in Armageddon, <laughs> in this very same scenario... You know, was at least allowed to save the world and therefore allow for his daughter to begrudgingly marry Ben Affleck, right? Who he hated. Who he hated at the time. Right? <laughs> Phenomenal movie, by the way. We got to talk about it. It's a great movie. It. Phenomenal movie. Great movie. So I thought in this, having not known about this, I thought Bruce Willis, who has aphasia now, and it's about quality of life for him at this point, was robbed of an opportunity to live out that actual scenario, be the hero twice to an American audience and then to the globe for the real th thing. But no, it's just a test run. So in theory, he could still do this. But that's where it takes me to something else that we all learned in the span of three, you know, five minutes there. All these things, right? NASA, Coolio, Aaron Judge. Then I get to Bruce Willis and I say, oh, Bruce Willis, who I just first thought of, is actually back in the news because Bruce Willis, who is suffering with real cognitive decline because of the, the, the condition that he has, um, has sold his digital twin to a company called Deep Cake which I didn't know was a company, and that's a really creepy-sounding name for a company, Deep Cake. I don't know. It bothers me for some really, really, like, on a visceral level. I, I don't really like Really damn creepy. It's, it's gross, right? Like, Deep Cake is a weird name for a company. But he sold his digital twin so that basically for the rest of eternity, technically Bruce Willis, I guess, can be in movies because of deep fake technology, which is going to ruin the world, by the way. Deep I, fake technology. So weird. It's the creepy. But it's, thing it's one way to continue to let your kids get paid in... I mean, I mean, dude, is that really the trade-off we want, though? No, okay, of course not. So. But I'm kind of happy that one person is getting using the same type of technology, Kyle, and that is James Earl Jones. He just sold his voice to Disney. He's 92, 93 years old, maybe 91 years old, and he just sold his voice to Disney to be able to use his voice the rest of his life so then we don't have to try and replace or find a replacement for Darth Vader. This is a recent thing, huh? Yes, this just happened like the other day as well, Kyle. I don't know where you've been besides taking care of your 18-month-old and a newborn. I work, I hold babies. That's all I do. That's all I get to do right now. I work, I hold kids, I change some diapers. You know how this life goes. Oh, in the off-season anyway. Kyle, I live it every day, baby. I love it. <laughs> all right. So hold on. So, so, so James Earl Jones, I see he retired from voicing Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. And that Darth Vader's voice is going to be AI generated from now on. Mm -hmm. So signs off on using archive recordings to recreate voice with AI. So did he get like a big payday for this? I'm pretty sure he did. Really? 
Yeah. Okay. You think he just signed this thing away? Look, first of all, I'm sure he got compensated. Like Darth I mean, Vader has one of the most iconic voices of all. Not only that, but he's a top two or three villain of all time in all of our movies growing up in American history. So okay, like, can you name three better villains than Darth Vader? Yeah. Uh, now I'm just going to Google a list to see if there's anybody I agree with, um, like the Joker. Oh, that's a great one. I think I think Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, like, he was so evil. I mean, never mind. I, I think that's that. uh, let's let's go Biff Tannen for Back to the Future. I'm kidding. I'm just joking with you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, more better than Darth Vader. I would go Heath Ledger with the Joker. Yep. Uh, Too bad that's not original though, because it was like three other jokers before that. Well, but you like the Heath Ledger one, which Heath Ledger was over the top as Joker, so, it, so, and, and so, that's probably why he couldn't shake it. And eventually, I know jack shit about about Star Wars, so you're gonna have to help me out with this. I've never seen him. Got it. Uh, so that's embarrassing. I gotta, I, Sebastian, the side eye this dude just gave me is is unreal. Um, but I've never seen him. So has has James Earl Jones all? No one else has ever done the Vader voice, just him, right? Just him. Okay. All right. Well, that that. That provides some clarity then. Uh, For like Darth 50 Vader. years, dog. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. That dude walked around like stoically, silently, brutally with a, with a fucking uh, a, a cattle prong or a cat. What's the, uh, whatever. Just, just boom, killing people. I mean, th that's one of the, when I think of dudes that like represent the boogeyman to me, that guy right there. That's the dude. That's the boogeyman. That's the guy you wake up in the middle of the night and you got no chance. He's there to kill you in your sleep. Like that that dude, that role, No Country for Old Men, was some of the creepiest shit ever. Uh, Is it a scary movie? You've never seen No Country for Old Men? I don't think so. Oh, bro, you got to watch it. Oh, I think I may movie. watch it tonight. I'll be up doing some film, so uh, I'll, be, I'll do it. It's Yeah, you need to watch No Country for Old Men. Hannibal Lecter, bro. Oh well, yeah, I know. Hannibal Lecter. They 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 had to put a yeah a hard yeah, but I don't think he's better than I don't think he's better than Darth Vader. Oh, I think he's I'm way sorry. worse. I think he's way worse. Right. We're not going to debate this, Kyle. Oh, I want to debate that. I don't. We're not going to debate this, Kyle. Okay, no. I, but we will agree to you disagree. You asked me to name worse or better villains. That's all. I just all I got. And most people would probably disagree with you because which you takes do us all, all the way back to deep fakes and Bruce Willis and all that shit. That's okay. all. This, that's what's going on here today. And then on top of that, we got a potentially historic hurricane bearing down on Florida right now, which is about to come up the coast and get to us here in about forty-eight hours or less. What so, what category is it right now? Uh, I, I know four. I made landfalls of four over top of places like Sarasota, Naples, Fort Myers. I Dude, was, I, I saw on TV earlier. First of all, I think these people are crazy because. All the weather people, or not even weather people, some local news people, reporters, sports reporters, have to go down and cover this storm. They go down to these crazy. hotels. It's, I think it's no crazy. There's no value in it anymore. They're, they're out there. It's thrill seeking. Hold on. Hey, look, it's thrill seeking. It's also some reporters like, hey, I want to do it because I want to put it on my real tape. And I'm cool with that. Like, you I'm, know not what gonna, I'm not saying you should be banned from being able to do it, but if you're asking me, do I get any value from Jim Cantori, like just holding on for dear life in a storm and like, is it? <laughs> Like in the microphone, you can't hear Poor shit. Poor camera person having to just wipe the right. I'm like, wipe okay, the dude, lens. I, bro, I get it. You're batshit insane, and you love that shit. I get it. But I, this is—I don't get anything out of this. Like, I'm just kind of anxious that you're about to get blown away and impaled by a beach umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That hopefully they put all those up. But the signs are moving all around, dude. I saw down there earlier, like Fort Myers, like there was no beach down there. There's sharks in the streets. That's what I heard. The sharks in the streets. It's terrible. It's terrible. They said it's like real, real deal, like sharks and. I heard you on the radio say that. You said that. Is that real? Kyle? Yeah, we double-checked it. At the end, Smoke actually had to tip his cap to me and apologize to me <laughs> for doubting me that I got caught up in a recycled video. I was like, no, no, this one's, this is legit. It's new. He's like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's the same one that we get duped with every year. I was like, no, look at the fucking thing. And at the end of the show, he's like, no, you're right. It's There's sharks in the streets in Fort Myers. Damn. Um, I got to call my boy Trey Boston. Why? Oh, he, is he's, he in Fort Myers? Well, no, he's from down that way, though. Oh, okay. No, but like that whole area is just getting destroyed right now. It's it's the Well, the that's where it hit landfall. What's that? That's where it hit landfall. I mean, that reminds me of Katrina, right? Katrina was the last huge one to hit on landfall like right. that. And here so in, here in America. Border, this one was bordering on a cat five at, at a yeah, certain point. Yeah, and so and but see the thing is when when Katrina hit Katrina hit over Mississippi, everybody remembers New Orleans because New Orleans got just destroyed. But New Orleans is just, you know, the levee broke and what flooded the city. So and when the levee broke, I mean, it was a lake. It wasn't like right. the water had somewhere else to go back to. It just sat there. 
So that's what made New Orleans so bad. So that's what everybody remembers that. But Katrina destroyed Mississippi oh. down the Gulf Coast. Just absolutely moved boats, ships. Look, man, this place is going to look different when this stuff is done and dry in a couple of days. Because now the water's in the city. It, it's going to stay there. So I was there in 09, and I drove out to Biloxi one day. I was doing some high school football stuff in, in the panhandle of Florida. 09 uh, was still beat up. It was oh, still the, beat up. The, the beaches, the, there was still debris on all, all <laughs> yeah. over the place on the beaches. This thing man. takes years to try and improve and get back oh, to. And you just hope that up. you don't get destroyed or wiped out like that. Because, man, I, living in New Orleans, you kind of get – you don't get – I'm not going to say you get immune to it. Well, maybe you do have a little bit of immunity built up to it, but you're used to hurricane season. Like, what, did you, this is a, so did you get every hit, year occurrence. Did Prattville ever get hit really hard with a hurricane? No, no, no. We're a little bit too far up. I mean, we had, like, wind damage. Right, right. But not, like, there's no water there to, like, that. because that's the real issue, Kyle, when these things come is the water. So I've been and through And the surges one, you can't control. No, and I've been through one in Charleston, and then I, we fled one in Charleston in 2016. And Charleston's like New Orleans, and that Charleston is at sea level, right? Yeah. So when you go downtown in Charleston – especially at the Battery, I mean, a heavy rain, you get flooding, and the, the roads get washed out in downtown Charleston. So Correct. you can't really go anywhere. So yeah, I was there for one back in, like, uh, oh, oh, late 09, 10. Um, it was a Cat 3 briefly, but it was rough. I mean, it, it's, it's bad. And yep. then in 2016, Hurricane Matthew came through, and that one was bad enough that they, they, they mandated evacuations out of the city. So they turned 26 east, westbound, and all six lanes going out of the city – you well, know, they learn from their mistakes. Well, right. So they, they, we all got well, not even it. mistakes. They just like, look, man, like you don't want to be here because we, you see what happens. And I had no interest in being there. And, yeah, because I knew, hey, a I week, think it's way smarter. My brother lived power? in Mobile during Katrina. He was like, dude, it's the worst thing you ever seen. A week without power sucks. It's yeah. bad. You know, because you get an influx of everybody. Like people are just trying to survive. Kyle. Well, and there's that too. And so like we got out of there, and I actually ended up stopping. Um, I posted something on the way out, going out 26 of all the National Guard trucks coming in, and a few other things. And CBC, which is like the Canadian version, I guess, of CNN, reached out to me and they were like, hey, can we use your video? And also, we see you work in the media. Would you do a, a live hit for us? Uh, we're covering the hurricane up in Canada. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm like head to toe in camo right now, but sure. So I ended up doing like a live hit from a gas station in Orange. Oh, you South look Carolina. so ready for oh, survival. I was, so, I was looking so redneck, bro. I was just covered in camo at a gas station in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And I'm doing a live hit on CBC to all these Canadians all across Canada, man. I love uh, it. So, but now we, we got out of there for that one. And hurricanes suck, dude, because we, we came back into Charleston. And, I mean, still roads were washed out. Trees were down. Like, it took us an hour and a half to go the final five miles just into the islands, bro. Like, hurricanes will fuck your life up. They're and, not friendly. No, they're no joke, man. Um, and I don't ever want to be a, the craziest people that you see too are the fucking surfers who like they're, they're told to evacuate and they're like, nah, bro, we're here to catch some waves. And so when the storm rolls in, they're out there waiting for that first push of big waves and they're just out there. That's the, that's the thrill seeker. In them. And that's all they want. They, all they care about, all they want to do. They'll ride it out if they can get the waves. I don't even know those people. I'm glad I don't. I don't but, relate to those people at all. But I believe they're out there because it's it's that it's that and type of more people. More power everywhere. to them because no they, doubt. But they're also they don't have waves in the in the Gulf. So this is the first time they actually get to like get in like real waves because there aren't waves on this side of the coast, this side of America. You got to go to the west side. Yeah, I mean it's if not you want real, real waves. No, there are places in Charleston that you know you can catch some pretty decent waves, um, but it's nothing like the West Coast. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. There's nothing like that. So all of that stuff has happened today that yes that, that is <laughs> this has been an exhausting day if i'm being honest with you dude. i feel like i was like bro i don't even know if we talked about anything yet but all we talked about is today we right. haven't even got anywhere we haven't even this, this is just, the only like all of this has transpired pretty much today yeah. aaron judge just hit home run number 61 so let, let real quick Everybody freaked out because he's tied with Roger Maris. Tied with Roger with Roger Maris. Everybody freaked out, on which Saturday. happened in nineteen sixty one. It's sixty one years ago. So um, you know, everybody and got his what, contract year. That's it. Anything else you want to get out? Nope. That's it. <laughs> Did you see ESPN break into the Clemson Wake Forest game to show they went split screen? and put the audio from the broadcast on the Yankees game Saturday against the Sox while Clemson and Wake are in this back-and-forth battle, putting up like 90 points, and people freaked out. Like, we don't give a shit about this fucking baseball game. <laughs> like, people losing their minds. So mad. I don't really blame them. Like, I, my, my bad I interrupted you, Kyle. I feel bad now. You shouldn't. I was funny. But, you know, that it, look, man, you got to understand who owns ESPN. Like, that demographic still controls – what they want to show. What are you trying to say, Rob? Well, they, it's a, I mean, 
they're they like New York, bro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just asking. I wanted some clarification. No, no, no. They like New York. They the like old crusty people want to watch baseball. No, not at all. No. Okay. All right, Young good. people like watching it too, but the Yankees is Yankee. It's it's a lot of things. It's not just Aaron Judge. It's the Yankees. It's large market. Right. It's, not only that, you got two teams from the Carolinas. You got two Southern schools playing college football right now. Right. And you break in with the Yankees. Right? <laughs> it's like, yes. And the Yankees and Red yes. Sox. Yes. And everybody's like, we don't give a shit. Get this <laughs> off my screen. <laughs> Very and you know, true. And you know what? They're right. Like what you should. No, do I was I was watching the game. Um, the Thursday night game, Kyle. Uh, last we not, week it can, was. Can we not please talk about that? Oh yeah, the NFL game or the yeah the NFL game? game. Okay, I was talking about the college game. That didn't oh yeah, happen. yeah, no, no, we no. don't have to talk about my Hokies because no, that, no, that, no, that, that one hurt a lot. Yeah, I know. I thought you were trying to like you know really needle me there. No, not at all, not at all. The the NFL game. Right. I was watching it at a bar over here with some friends the other night, and literally anytime like it was a TV on, and they would just cut it like cut it. Yeah, and just hey, Aaron, Aaron Judge at bat, and, and just every point, at bat, and in, in certain broadcasts, I get it, I do. But you know what though, we did it for Barry Bonds though. Remember that? Well, right, but he was becoming the home run king. Yeah, like I'm sorry, I, I I have no problem with Aaron Judge. I think Aaron Judge is awesome. Aaron Judge is friggin' awesome, man. But like, he's about to become the American League leader in home runs, not not Major League Baseball single season leader, not the all time home run leader. He's, he's passing Roger Maris. That's been done before by multiple players. So it's a big deal. And I get that they all did it in the National League, right? So this is unique to the American League. But it's not that I'm downplaying it. This dude's about to win the fucking Triple Crown, too. Yeah, I was he, like, he's hitting. He's a monster. Like, yeah. There's no way around it. Anybody but to, to treat Some people want it to be treated with the same significance as what Barry Bonds did. And even if you hate Barry Bonds and think that he was a cheater, he still broke the big records. Yeah, he did. This is a secondary record that he's breaking right now. So don't break into Clemson. Away. And they weren't even, you couldn't even pitch to Barry Bonds one year, bro. You couldn't even, like, the, he only hit home runs. Yes. Like some of the numbers associated with his, his are the dumbest things you'll ever find. We'll never see anything like them again. The intentional walks. Yeah, yeah, um, it's like crazy. I mean, they, they were literally walking. He had, a, he had the elbow pad. He was like bodied up armor, bro. Yes. Like he just nuking it. Oh, and on one account, like on multiple The whole shift. Like he didn't even hit over there intentionally. They would intentionally walk in runs to avoid pitching that man. <laughs> that no, no time since then has that been done. Like, that's yeah, right. why people can reasonably say, you know, I was a Hall of Famer before he started cheating. Well, he was, yeah. but you don't get two careers. You don't get to split them in half, right? If that it's was the case, man. Pete Rose yeah. would be in the Hall of Fame. Yep, yep. Right? So, anyway. Um, but, no, I, I think the it's cool. It's good for baseball. There's no question about that. I agree. Um, I, he should I always, mean, the fans, other fans, especially down south, they're not going to give a damn. That's not going to change either. Well, so. the thing is, you and I both know people from the south that grew up Yankees fans, so there are some people who will care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who randomly sure. did. But Then there's other the, people that fell in love with the Yankees on the hat. Whole, just don't break into the game. Come back from break or during a timeout. <laughs> say, hey, guys, by the way, check this out while there's a break in the action. Yeah. Do something like that. You know, people are like, oh, instead of watching the coach talk into his clipboard, I can watch this Aaron Judge home run and then get back to football. I would have thought that's what they'd do anyway. You know what? We should run that up the ladder, Kyle. Oh, yeah, you should. You should run I don't draw a paycheck from there like you do. I, you know, I don't even know all that. It just kind of magically <laughs> floats down. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I'm not trying to get you on the hook for that. Yes. I, I always try to avoid getting you on the hook with your employer. So, but since you brought it up, yeah, that's going to have to be you, if I'm being honest with you. So, real quick, what did you think about the the Panthers Saints game on Sunday? So I hadn't even, I didn't even watch it. Are you serious? Yeah, I was at the. Um, that's funny as hell. I was at the golf tournament, the I President's Cup. I, I, oh, how was that? It was fun, man. I, I I drank a lot. Me and my wife hung out. <laughs> it was good, dude. I saw a so lot of my. Sure, it was good. You're just guessing. No, it was a great day. It was a great day. Um. I wish I'd have hugged her more, but other than that, it was good. You wish you'd have done what? Hugged my wife more. That's sweet. Are you in trouble right now? I don't even know. I just, I just wish I would have. That's it. I gotta take advantage of these times when we get to like hang out. That's it. Pretty sure they both of our wives stopped listening to us a long time ago, dude. I, you know me, Kyle. I'm only honest. I would have said it in front of her. I say it without her. It don't matter. Well, so no, that's I how get I feel. that. But like, I know. But mine, anyways, I did have a lot of fun with. Plus, she had a nice little hot-looking, like, golf skirt on. So, I wish I'd have, you know, get a little handsy, you know what I mean? I tried to. Hey, babe, I love you, too. I'm not sure what's happening here, but I, I'm also <laughs> a very good husband and attentive, and I love you, too, just All in right. case. All I, right, we, I don't know what's happening right now. I don't either. All right, we have way left. I feel obligated to share that same sentiment for some reason. So, right. hey, love you, too. All right, now that we got that away. So, I saw a few of my uh, work partners um, 
Chris Doring, hung out with him for a sec. Guy named Brams, guy named Bulldog. These guys work behind cameras. And uh, and then my boy Marty Smith. I actually got to meet his wife as well. So, And then, dude, this is when I knew I kind of drank a little. I was like, man, I need to slow down. Because I introduced my wife to Marty's wife, and I said that, um, that this is Marty's significant other, which I thought was like a great term for like, you know, wife. Like, this is his wife. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, his wife. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You try to dress it up a little bit. Yeah, I try to. That's totally not the the – the thing to do, all right? Don't do that. Just say wife and just leave it alone. That's what I learned. Um, yeah, I don't think I would have said significant other. Yeah, I, that was I, a I bad call. I also wouldn't have objected to you saying it. I probably just wouldn't have thought that yeah, much about it. But I'm just telling you, that's what that was my experience of President Cup. And also, it, hey, look, I will say this. Who played against Justin Thomas? And I love my boy JT. Um, Look that up for me. So, hold on. The, overall, the experience, though, was it a good vibe? Because it felt like going into it because the international team was so underwhelming and underdogged that, you know, it's a big spectacle, right? I mean, it's a big deal. President's Cup's here. But still, um, I don't know. It kind of felt like the competition itself was lacking a little bit. So Is that accurate? You, um, were, you were there. So, right? so you know what? Um, so, they made a big comeback on Saturday. The international team did. So at least they got it closer on the internet. And then the first round out was my boy JT, and he lost. Siwoo Kim bit him. Bro, so I saw that when he did that. It was like the best thing ever, dog. It was kind of kind of it was kind of swaggy, not gonna lie. So we're sitting there, so we're going. So normally, Kyle, 18 is like the 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 hole in the normal golf, like during the um the championship here, right? Yeah. The Wells. The Wells Fargo Championship. Yes. Yes. So it's usually 18. They made it into 15. So then they turned 18 into 15. So then it will come into play because it's such a, a tricky hole to, like, mess with you. And it needs to be a good finisher. And then these individuals on skins, like, 15 could be it. You know what I mean? You could put them away. Speed did. He beat his guy on by 15. He was a beatdown. JT went all the way to 18. So anyways, on 15, which was used to old 18, JT hits like a long putt, like boom, like to like makes you know Kim had to make this one to win the hole or they just half it. Right. And then next you know, Siwoo Kim, bro, <coughs> buries – or maybe it was to win and then Kim had to make it – whatever it was. Dude, so JT got the crowd all hype and stuff, dude. Everybody was fired up. It was cool. And then, um, then Kim made the long putt kind of right, right behind him. Told the crowd, he got all excited and told the crowd, shh, shh, told them all to shush. It, it was like, I was like, oh, this dude's swag. Okay. <laughs> okay. He coming here in the arena. Cause this dude, it was like in of an arena at this point. I was just on top of the hill so I could see. And bro, it was, it was awesome, dude. And like, he started talking so much trash to like back to the Americans. It was awesome. At this point, I was like, they were like, oh yeah, he, and then he beat JT. So it came down to him and he won, I'm pretty sure. JT was kind of mad. I'm sure he was. But the dude was, I mean, he was on one. At this point, I was like, dude, I like that guy. I'm, I'm a fan of Siwoo Kim. See, that's that. crazy, bro. Like, we, <laughs> for reasons that I won't get into, we, we didn't have a presence there this year yep. at FNZ. Um, but we're out there for all the Wells Fargo championships. And I love Quail Hollow and all the folks out there. But um, I w couldn't be there where you were there Sunday because I was at the stadium all yeah, day doing yeah, pregame yeah. and at the, the Panther-Saints game. I'm glad so, I'm glad we went, man. It was well, no, I'm, I was going to say, like, it sounded like it was a really good time. Um but I, it, it was interesting when you said you didn't watch the game at all. Of course, it makes sense because you were there. Um, but, man. Oh, and shout out to my man, Mark, who got us tickets. Uh, he's a piano guy. We bought our piano from him. Shout out, and, Mark, uh, the piano he man. he had the tickets. We had a great time. So, shout out to him. Shout out to Mark. He's the piano man. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Bro. I love it. I couldn't. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was a weird You found, like, my other Virginia homie, Marty. <laughs> oh, Martin, Martin Smith, Marty Smith. I was going Oh, that's the other thing. Mar I saw Marty did the uh, little rock touchdown club that little rock touchdown club has gotten big. The last couple, they got had Gruden. They had coach O talking about, uh, what time you want me to be there? What don't you want me to go out of brother? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they've had him. They've had, uh, Mark Stoops. They had Shane Beamer recently, I think. And then Marty. So all of a sudden the little rock touchdown clubs, the place to be. Hey man, I can't wait for my invite. Right. Yeah, I'll come down there and speak it up a Why little not, bit. Why not, right? Why not? I, I haven't been to Little Rock in a long time. My uncle got married in Oklahoma. We stopped there on the way out. But, uh, yeah, it, it, that was uh, – Marty did the th – I think Marty got choked up. Did you see the video? 
No, I hadn't. Yeah, they played like a montage of him and his dad, uh, as, you know, like a photo montage. I'm not sure how they got it. He seemed like he was kind of like genuinely surprised by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently, I think somebody got their hands on it, maybe. Um, oh, and well. so he's a little worked up and understandably. I'll ask, I'll ask him about him when I see him. I'm gonna see him in a couple of days. I'll ask him. Yeah, yeah. I'll check talk, it out. Yeah, but like, he, and understandably, he was emotional. He was talking about, you know, his dad because he grew up like I did. You know, down the road, going to Virginia Tech games, and um, those. It was an interesting look at. Uh, at Marty, but yeah, it was uh, an interesting Sunday here in Charlotte, man. By the way, did you know that I announced? So my- tell me about the game. Let's talk about the game a little bit because the Saints played like they turned the ball. I mean, there's only so much to say, bro. Okay, all right, well, we're done. I mean, I was gonna say like Jameis and Baker both. Just play- give me a, a synopsis. Jameis I didn't see. Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield both played like dudes who might lose their job soon. <laughs> like they, they, they both played like dudes who might be losing their job soon. Okay. <laughs> In fact, thank Joel, you. Thank in, you. In fact, Joel Corey over at CBS Sports today wrote an exact article. He's a longtime NFL agent. He wrote one that said three quarterbacks that might lose their jobs soon: Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, and Jameis Winston, um, because they both look terrible. Uh, Jameis had a drive or two there. He was he was fine. He looked like the best version of Jameis because he'll show you that most games. Yeah, he will. He'll at some point, a, he will. A drive or two, he he's going to look like Heisman Trophy Jameis, you know, and make you remember that that dude's got talent. Um, but then he'll start turning the ball over and everything else. So well, he shouldn't have threw the touchdown that he had to, uh, Callaway. That he just threw that up. Look, oh yeah, that happened. Callaway just made a great play. But like uh, you know, Panthers defense balled. They they looked really good. Uh, J C Horn, Derek Brown, two top ten picks. They played like it. Um, Derek Brown played well. Oh, dominated. Uh, Derek really Brown got himself an interception. Awesome. You I'm glad I watched this game. You got to go back and watch this game. I'm glad he played well. So I hadn't seen was, him play well in a while. So it's funny, J.C. Horn tipped the ball on a blitz. He actually got up and tipped it, and Derek Brown intercepted it. I did see the tip. And then J.C. Horn got a pick later. So um, those two dudes played well. Shaq looked good. Um, who else was out there that looked pretty good? Uh, Frankie Lubu. Frankie Lubu is a monster. The number um, 40-something. Yeah, the linebacker. I mean, he's – the New York Jets told that guy he wasn't good enough, and now he's at Carolina doing his thing. Uh, he forced a fumble. Uh, Marquise Haynes returned it for a 44-yard touchdown. That, that was the first score of the game. Um, but like their their defense looks like from week to week to week, defense has gotten better. Um, mm-hmm. They look downright dominant Sunday at times. Uh, special teams really solid. Johnny Hecker is an unbelievable punter. That dude's a walking fucking gap wedge. I mean, he'll stick it inside of ten yards every single time. Um, Eddie Dinero hasn't missed a field goal yet. So defense, special teams is good, and the running game was good. These dudes are third in run block win rate in the in the NFL. I mean, they're run blocking really well, and they're pass protecting top ten too. Um, which, you know, kind of, you know, pow- the power of deduction mm-hmm. lands you at the quarterback not playing so well. Um, he just hadn't been. Yeah. No, no, no I get it. I mean, Christian's run, McCaffrey's run for 100 yards plus in two, two straight games. Um, uh, this last time was more effective, more productive, more right, consistent. Right, right, right. But, like, they just – the passing game's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's a mess it. all not across it. the board. Not it. Right. So I got it. Okay. Well, you gave me the overall synapse. Nah, I hear what I need here, so I can't, wait to, I can't wait to see this week's. No, well, they got My Arizona. fantasy team got smoked. And they own Arizona, right? So, they, they oh, Arizona hasn't beaten the Panthers since, like, 2013. Um, hell, Kyle <laughs> Allen beat them a couple of years ago, right? <laughs> uh, Panthers ended Carson Palmer's career at Bank of America Stadium. Y- y'all did that. So, like, you know, as you well know. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you, you got – the, the, no New Hopkins, no A.J. Green, no Rondale Moore. They're missing three wide receivers. Um, I need my boy Brandon uh, Brandon Cooks to eat. Yeah. Oh, and the Sam Mills Tribute Night, absolutely. So oh, yeah. you got that that would have been really good. You can't lose on Sam Mills Tribute Night. Like, you definitely can't do that. Like, yeah. that's the literal keep pounding night. You can't do that. That's very true. So then if you win the game, you're 2-2. Two and two, And I think people are less Well, they beat the right Saints here. last year, too, and they James played awful. He did. Last they beat him twenty six seven last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, it's, it's a good year. win. Like a divisional win is a good win. Well, yes, you got to get those. Um, so like, and there are people that. So were, what's the opinion on the coach? Fire his ass. Still, <laughs> one win doesn't change a thing. Okay, I got uh, it. But okay. that's like the feedback that. I, now look, it's unavoidable. If they stack two or three in a row, people are gonna start changing their minds a little bit. That's how yeah, that yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. maybe Matt's not so stupid. I still hate him, but maybe he's not so stupid, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he. Kyle, you hear the voice of the people. You that text line. I can predict what they're going to say at this point. It's like artificial learning, but for me and other people on the text line. Like if he, if they get to like three and two, it's like man, I still hate his fucking face. Maybe he's not as stupid as I thought, right? Or it's just it's, maybe these coaching hires, you know, where some because honestly, and I keep saying this, and the people that don't give a shit and don't want to hear it, they just want him fired. They don't want to hear it. I'm like, listen, if they win, y'all aren't going to be mad about it. 
if they start winning, you're not going to be that upset. You're going to stop firing Matt Rule, all this other stuff, because all you're going to care about is your favorite football team is winning games again. That's all mm-hmm. you care about. That's it. That's it. So if they start winning, if they keep doing what they did on Sunday, if they get better, everybody's going to be happy. Everybody. Everybody's going to be happy. Yes. So, you know, we'll see if they do it. But they got to beat Kyler. And Kyler's just like a, the fastest little thing that you just can't catch. And he's got a rocket for a right arm. And he's not easy to beat. But somehow Cliff Kingsbury's 0-3 against Matt Rule. So uh, we'll see if we can. <laughs> See He's had that, success. We like if, this matchup. See if that trend can continue. We like this matchup. Yeah, and that goes back to college, too. I think it's twice in the NFL and once in college. All right. But uh, he's 0-3 against Matt Rule. So we'll see if that continues, too. I don't know, man. It's The NFL's – there's been a ton of ugly football across yeah. the league. There's been, we had an 11-10 game on Thursday <laughs> night, dude. It was 11-10. I mean, come on. How, how mad are you going to get? Can't be mad. No. Like we, we, Pittsburgh and uh, – the one you watched, Pittsburgh and Cleveland was, what, 17-14? to 14? Yeah, is that right? 15, 17. Oh, is that what it was? What am I thinking of? I don't know. That's well, the Giants. Like the, the Cardinals scored 12 against the Rams last weekend. Yeah, the Giants and the Dallas, the Giants Dallas game, it was 23 16, but it was more like uh, 13 to 7 until the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was very low. Right. But, hey, man, I kind of like I, defensive I, battles. I, gonna, I like, I know, I the know. The thing but, about, I, I like just real football, real execution. Guys knowing what to do, solid tackling. Right. Those are the things that I appreciate. So I'm saying, like if dudes are hitting. Yeah, and, that was and, one. And defense. Green Bay, Green Bay and Tampa was 14 to 12. 14 to 12. Right. There you go. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, you're right. Because when I say that, people are like, oh, you just don't appreciate a good defensive battle. No, I do. But just because it's low scoring doesn't mean it's great defense. I agree. Some I of agree. these are just so, you know, some bad of this is teams. bad offense. Yeah, some bad of this is bad team. offense, and bad yes. offense is tough to watch. I know. Bad offense is tough to watch. I'm a Virginia Tech football fan. I know <laughs> exactly how bad offense can be to watch. But you keep shooting your. I mean, I don't know. I didn't bring it up, Kyle. The only thing worse to be, I think, is an Iowa football fan, um, because Iowa's offense is the absolute worst offense in America. And what makes that even worse? Statistically, well, yes. And that, dude, that's bad. You know who Kirk Ferentz's offensive coordinator is, right? No. His son, Brian Ferentz. So he can't even fire the – I mean, he can, but he's not going to fire the offensive coordinator. He has to go. But, like, they opened up the, gate, the, the season against South Dakota State. The, the final score was 7-3, to three, which might <laughs> lead you to believe there was a touchdown scored in that game, but there was not. <laughs> there, there were two safeties and a field goal scored. <laughs> there was not a touchdown scored in that opening game no. <laughs> between Iowa and South Dakota State, man. No way. Their, their offense is horrific. Two there. safeties and a field goal. Correct. That That's what hilarious. happened there. That's what happened there, man. So it's like the most deceiving score of all time. That wasn't a touchdown. There were no touchdowns in that game. None touchdowns. Oh, in fact, a great stat. You, you got nowhere close to any touchdowns in that game. I mean, think about you know what the, you know what Kinnick Stadium what the pregame uh, ritual is, right? It's I think we have the coolest entrance in college football. I think we have the best entrance in college football. But they have the best pregame ceremony in college football. All the and I get choked up thinking about oh, this the Iowa. All the, they turn and wave to all those kids in the children's hospital, mm-hmm. right? And it's the coolest pregame ceremony you'll ever see because they do all that. And they made those kids watch that on the opening week of the season. Not a single touchdown in that game. That's terrible. You shouldn't do that. that was, I mean, Fire your son if that's what it takes. Don't do that. That was not, that's rough. That's got to be rough to sit through too, bro. Right. Absolutely. So. Um, no, it's uh, uh, it's bad, man. And then uh, to make matters so, you worse, still okay, one question. So, right. you still okay with your tech coach because he has good defense? Who, Brent Pry? Yeah, uh, dude, it's game four. He has no talent on the offensive side. Okay, I can't good. be mad. I, I I am a little bit upset with his offensive coaches though because they commit like fourteen penalties a game. Oh. Like e- even Justin Fuente didn't do that. Yeah. So like I understand you don't have much talent. So you're unproductive. You're not a great offense. I completely then understand. Then at least be disciplined. Right. Don't make me watch flags fly for four, four straight quarters because yeah. that's what they've been doing this season. And that, that's the, the frustrating part. So clean that up, and I'm good. Like, because he's been one of the best defensive coordinators in America for a decade. The defense is going to be fine. Find a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you have a defense and a quarterback, you're going to have a chance. You've got to have a quarterback nowadays. Got to. Kyle, that's, that's college football. And you yeah. know what? Um, I did an interview with Jackson Dart today on, uh, on one of our shows at the How'd network. It was good. You know what? I'm a fan of his now. I'm looking at him. I'm like, bro, you got a little bit of West Coast swag, bro. So, like, are you going to let the hair kind of grow out? What are you going to do? Jackson Dart is the most badass quarterback name there is, by the way. So, his mom, he said he's, he said it doesn't, you know, when his mom says, he, you know, if it's too long, then I'll probably let it go. I said, you know what, I like that. I listen to my mom, too. Mom always has a good finger in the pulse. Like, that's good. 
Then, you know, he's got the one little eye black. He said he saw some DB do it. I think it's pretty cool. So, I was like, I kind of like this kid. A quarterback wearing one eye black. Yep. And it's, it's, it's uh, vertical. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like it. I, I'm, yeah. But anyways. Okay. Um, cool kid. Um, where was I going with that? We were talking I don't about- know. You told me you interviewed Jackson Dart. Hmm? You, you said you were, so you were talking yeah. about SEC football? Yeah, but I was going to say bad something offense. about his – Yeah, it was bad offense. What was I talking about? I can talk about bad offense Please. all day, brother. Please. I can talk about bad offense I all day. I forgot I was going with that whole – What are you talking about how important it is to have a quarterback? Yes. You know, you look at Ole Miss, for example. They got to have a guy to make everything go. Literally in college football, you have no choice or chance to win at a high level if you don't have the quarterback position right. It doesn't matter about oh, all the brutal. other. It's absolutely You know, it's miserable. one of the more – it separates, like, the good teams from the great teams. And obviously, like, the top – the upper echelon of college football, Georgia, Alabama, um, Ohio State, Oklahoma right now like they, they've got that but that's the elite of the elite right now but but go but go the drop. transfer portal is changing it this is the most Agreed. this is the closest this is look you name a college team they didn't have a tough game oh yeah and you know what I'm saying the whole you, game's been changed everything has changed that's why the Sun Belt's out here steady wrecking shop week to week again Cats scared of Sun Belt dude I'm telling they should be <laughs> Sun Belt popping cats I had, I had a few people on my show a couple months ago when I was talking about this they were like why are you talking about the Sun Belt and I'm like it's the best damn group of five conference in America and y'all are not seeing this yet I was like I've been telling y'all for years JMU is the new app state JMU is good JMU's been steady winning national championships at the FCS level they since are 2004 um, and they care like that's that's a, that's Del Curry country up no there no that's what they do is play football yeah. like they they that's what they do right there. and so they're here ODU is ODU is smack dab in the middle of just football recruits out there in Virginia Beach right all these guys that went to Virginia Tech to UVA to North Carolina for all these years and the SEC's rated them too now but like and JM you just beat App State at App State as Sebastian just says that's why that's why I brought them up they were down 28-3 like the Falcons and came back on the road at Kid Brewer Stadium to win that game. Wow. Absolutely. So, I mean, they went into App State and beat them. Right. And so, you know, JMU's the real deal. ODU is smack dab in See, the middle. See, they missed out on a better game. Yeah. Dude, they're right there in a fertile recruiting ground. So, ODU has all that talent right there. Then you got Marshall. Marshall's been building a small powerhouse program for years, taking non-qualifiers and dudes that transfer out of programs where they're not playing. So, between mm-hmm. Doc Holliday and now to Charles Huff, like, they got dudes. And so you add in App State, Troy, as you know, always is tough. Like the- I remember when Troy went into the Sun Belt when, like, my brother was there. They had to take them checks early when they first went. Uh, <laughs> bro, they had yeah. to get, they're getting smacked. Yes. They took them checks from uh, Nebraska. The Raging couple, Cajuns, man. Marsh. Like, I think they played against uh, Kansas State. Yep. They they have and they Troy just beat good Marshall sixteen to seven. Sebastian says, and also let's At pay home. respects. It's the fun belt. That's what it is. It it's, is. I mean, look, man. I think they've done an outstanding job. I may have to do a little segment on that. So, but go back to what you said originally, though, because you're talking about you can't do this without a quarterback in college football, which you cannot. Um, but the opposite end of that example is look at North Carolina. North Carolina has the quarterback. They also have an atrocious defense. Like they got a first round quarterback in Drake May. That dude's the real deal. I believe that. But their defense is so bad, so right, bad. that they've got like an eight win ceiling even with that quarterback, right? So, but even but put it this. I got to watch a little bit more of Drake May. But put it this way too, he gives them a chance to be in every game because he's so good. Well, yeah, because we talked about quarterbacks. It's like if you have one, right, then you got a chance, right. And they've got some offensive talent. And Josh, college Donald's. football's been trending like that for the last few years. I like the diversity that the transfer portal has been able to add these transfer and be able to play right. Like immediately those are, then you get the one free one. So yes. I kind of like this aspect of it. It's changed the game. It's, it's even our competition a lot more quicker than we all anticipated in my opinion. Um, because if you didn't have a transfer portal, Oh, Ole Miss would not be good. Cause they didn't have nothing in the cupboard, but coaches, can that can understand these things, bring in certain recruits, be smart about this in college football, this era right now, bro, that's it. So it's it's pretty cool to kind of see this, be a part of it, and and kind of root for it like most fans do anyways, instead of 
you know, if you look at it with the right lens, it's kind of cool about college. It's we're getting this new version of brand of college, and it's not bad. It's a good product. No, I, I think it's so. well more. It's it, now it's even more spread out. You just better you better be watching out because these smaller teams that you think are small will beat your ass. But that's been coming for a couple of years too. You know, yeah. the portal has only made that because, like, think about this too. Um, we watched uh, with the Charlotte 49ers here locally, right? They went on the road and lost to, I think it was FAU to start the season. Um, that, that's where Willie Taggart is now. You know who his quarterback is? Nikosi Perry, who was a starter at Miami three years ago. Right? <laughs> Nikosi Perry still has Power 5 talent. Yeah. Right? I mean, he, he might not have been the, the best quarterback for Miami, but he ends up still in Florida at FAU in a, in a pretty good conference with a, a coach in Willie Taggart who knows how to use him. And that's the kind of teams you're running into. Like Jacksonville State has dudes that you know whose quarterbacks were at Clemson. Who, who was the kid? Was it Zarek Cooper who was at Clemson, I think, and then oh. he transferred to Jacksonville State. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Middle Tennessee just went to Miami. Just smack Miami. Smack Miami at home. Smack right? Miami. Now boy. They, you know they had like 50, a bunch of 60 year seniors and whatever else. But last year they were pretty tough too. Um, you know the quarterback was at one point last year Bailey Hockman, who had been at NC State and Florida State before that. So, I mean, you look around the country all the time and you're seeing these dudes well, whose names you know popping up at these the places. Uni Alabama State University, my parents' university, HBCU, back home in Montgomery. I'm from Prattville, though. But right there uh, back home, their quarterback right now is a transfer from Auburn. Right. See what I'm saying? Well, Malik Willis, Liberty. <laughs> they just they transfer. State, all this, Price. Yeah, instead of players that don't have to sit out anymore. Right. Like guys can come in and play, it's just changing the game. Right, and if you and if you get one of those guys at a Liberty, uh, at yeah. a you know a school like that, all of a sudden you got a chance to, to you know pull a couple of upsets, and uh, those upsets are pretty damn lucrative for your program. Um, and, and so yeah, the game has changed. I don't know that it, that middle class of the Power Five has had a reckoning. Like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, like th those programs are still miles ahead of everybody else because they just keep the the train rolling. Um, but programs like mine and, you know, others across the country that had runs of, you know, great conference championships. Yeah. You know, like it, once if you slip back to that middle yeah. pack, you're in danger of like, you know, that happening to you quite a bit if you don't find some stability. And that's what we've seen. Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee is just, just now getting out of it. Tennessee. No, no, no. They're, hold on. Hold on, Kyle. Tennessee was saved by Hypo. Yes. On the door, land on doorstep with Hendon Hooker. Absolutely. Your guys is trash in Virginia. Don't say that. It hurts my heart. <laughs> it hurts my heart. <laughs> my there's, bad. My there's bad. There's no excuse for that. My bad. My it bad. should have never been in Knoxville. It should have never happened. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, number one, this guy doesn't turn the ball up. Well, no, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to put no jinx on it. Take that back. Hendon Hooker for Heisman. Let's just say Triple H. Hendon he has Hooker been, Heisman. He's made a huge difference on that team. The offense, like, Tennessee's a team, like, you got to watch out for. But last December, I was asking people on the air here. I was like, y'all need to think about the possibility of drafting Hendon Hooker. And there were some people who thought I was crazy. Now, he's from North Carolina. He's from Greensboro. But I was like, look at what Josh Heupel has this guy doing. I saw it when he was in Blacksburg. They just couldn't unleash it because they didn't know how to do it. Like, turns out those coaches weren't very good at offense. And they certainly, were, they certainly weren't good, good, uh, wow, good at picking quarterbacks. Um, they passed over Hendon Hooker for Braxton Burmeister and Ryan Willis. Bad decisions. So then he ends up, as you said, in Tennessee with Josh Heupel, who, you know, remember when Josh Heupel left UCF? There were people as bad hire. He just had success with Scott Frost players. Boy, that turned out to not be true. Josh, Man, we didn't even get to Scott Frost. Right, so, but so, <laughs> anyway, so Josh Heupel, turns out, knows what he's doing. He's got a quarterback in Hendon Hooker who is a gamer and a coach he is who a can gamer, bring the bro. best out of him. Mm -hmm. And boom, he's leading the Heisman race right now going into week five. Like, you can turn your fortunes like that. Now, I, as much as I give Tennessee fans a hard time – I have always felt like Tennessee would eventually be fine. Well, because yeah, they got tradition. Tradition. They do. Fan base that cares. They got money, right? They got chips, Which too. is in part why I think in Blacksburg, if it's not pride, we'll eventually be fine. Because look at Thursday night. We knew we were going to lose that game. You know, and 70,000 people still showed up screaming their heads off on Thursday night football. Virginia Tech is awesome. We and just, look, man, I love Virginia Tech on Thursday night football growing up. It was amazing. Like, it felt yeah. like it used to feel. So, yeah. for that reason, much like Tennessee, I think we'll eventually be okay. We just got to find the right guy. Hopefully, it's Brent Pry, right? So, Tennessee was okay. But it, it, right now, we're one of those programs. And I think there are a lot of them out there. Where And Tennessee fell back into it. 
where, yeah, you've got the cachet, you've got a history, you've got things you can point to that you can, you know, you're bigger than most other programs, but you're not that talented anymore. And all of a sudden, the coaching's not there anymore. And all of a sudden, you're losing to ODU twice. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not, nobody's afraid of you anymore. And everybody might like the entrance, but as soon as the entrance is over, they're going to go about kicking your ass for four quarters, right? So yeah. you can have your cool entrance, and that's what's been there for the last several years. But the actual home field advantage was gone. Yeah. Right. Because you don't have the dudes out there where you can go dominate App State. No. You can go dominate these Sun Belt teams because they got dudes too. <laughs> they do. And they've been collecting dudes for some time now. Yes, they have. It's a dudes good always fall through the crack. Look, I've said this since day one because I didn't know this stat. I came from a blue blood. Right. I tell people all the time, bro. Your perspective bro. is so fucked up on college football that I can't even grasp it sometimes. <laughs> That's how fucked up you're as an Alabama, not just fan, but former player. It's like you. The rest of us aren't like you. Yeah, you know this guy. God, I come from straight up blue blood. You come from royalty. Yeah, I. If it's if and look, I just happened to go there on a whim. Okay, Alabama wasn't <laughs> yeah, even Alabama wasn't even that that good when I was there. All right, well, first of all, we weren't good when I was there, and going into it, I like they weren't. They had a really bad season. They won the SEC the year before that. But anyways, I went for my own reasons. But if you look at the Mount Rushmore of college football coaches, Alabama has two of them. Two of them. You know what I mean? So, and how amazing is it, by the way? Not to it's been kind of cool to see like how it's all changed. But I mean, that's just the luck of the draw. But the whole dynamic. It, I like the point you made though, in that it's the Sun Belt, it's the AAC. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a team or two in Conference USA, depending upon the matchup. But like, they can pull upsets on most anybody in the country outside of maybe about four or five teams. The upset can absolutely happen. And even with those four or five teams, on the right day, you know, you can put a real scare into them. So the, the, I think the game is better for that. I would agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. The game is better for that. Um, I was going to take it somewhere else. but um, Oh, the, well, you're talking about expansion in the playoffs. Are they going to do it wait till 2025 or 2024? Money. I, no. I think they wait till, they want to try and wait till 2025, in my opinion. Uh, you, what, what, what benefit is there to waiting? Well, I, I just think, I just think they got money deal, deals are already in place. Okay. No, if they can't, that's one thing. I, I just, I, I mean, they could, but bowl games, TV times, a lot of stuff would have to be moved and shaken. I mean, of course, college could do whatever they want when they get in that room and make whatever decision, whatever. And so, um, it'd be interesting to see, but these teams and these games, these upsets will happen once you spread it to 12. Upsets in the fact of people are going to say this is an upset because of the name and the program. They will be able to recruit off of this, and it will continue to trickle down and even out the playing field more and more. You know, certain schools that are big names that have this pride, this tradition, if they miss out on the gravy train – you might not ever get it back. Well, you got, you know, you've got to capture that. Yeah, you schools like Nebraska, schools like who have been great, had these huge, huge – like Nebraska's got to get this next hire right. Well, think about – Or some, they're going to miss the train. So that there was a, a graphic that – Because people uh, are going to grow up. They don't know anything about good oh, Nebraska. That's, al that's already happened. You know what I'm saying? That's already happened to Nebraska. <laughs> and it's happened to Miami already too. And, and it's happening to other programs as we speak. But I like, think Miami's going to be all right. I don't. You don't? I, okay. The thing is – because you might hear, you might have heard what I just said about Tennessee and think that should apply to Miami, but bro, Miami, like their own quarterback Tyler Van Dyke, in an interview that played before game before last, was asked about you know his favorite places to play, and he said it's not at home because we don't really have a college environment here. He likes playing on the road at places like SEC venues because they have college environments, bro. I mean, first of all, the stadium's thirty minutes from campus. It's at Hard Rock. It, there's no college feel to it whatsoever. Uh, they're lucky to get 40,000, 50,000 in there for a big game at this point, True. even when they're good. And so they're not a big state school. They're a small private school. Yep. They got a billionaire funding everything right they now. They messed but, it up by moving it. But, so, again, it's not that I don't think it's, it's you know, dead forever. But there are Miami fans that I, I actually respect who are screaming that this week. In the last couple of weeks, they don't think the program can ever be anything special ever again. We'll see. Only I, time will tell us that. But – it's I know really some people hard. that have signed the divorce papers. So yeah, I, 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 I've it, heard it's, it. it's really hard once you've lost it to get it back. Yeah. And there was a graphic going around in college football world. I think it was Reddit CFB that posted it. And it was like, hey, if, you're, if you remember any of these college football programs being great, uh, contact your doctor about Lipitor or something stupid like that. But it was Miami, Nebraska, Virginia Tech, 
Colorado, Georgia Tech. Oh, Colorado. I forgot about them. Colorado football is an embarrassment today. Ooh. It's the worst of the bunch. Like Colorado it's and Georgia, bad. Colorado and Georgia Tech split a well, national championship. Well, I just remember when Colorado was pretty good for a few years, though. Of course they were. Yeah, in the ni- like late nineties. The they split a national championship back in the AP days in the same year with Georgia Tech. Yeah, and you saw what Georgia Tech just did. They fired their coach and AD. At that place, I mean, Georgia Tech is a, is a very prolific academic institution. It's not easy to get into. It, it it truly is one of those schools where you know, for the most part, it, you have to go there and do your do your work. Um, and so that said, Paul Johnson won there with the triple option. You can win at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And they do have a proud history, although kind of like you're saying right now, I wonder about, you know, there being diehard Georgia Tech football fans anymore right. because it's been so long since right. there was really any semblance. I don't know. I, I just wonder about that sometimes. They I would have to get the right hire. I don't um, run into many diehard Georgia Tech fans in the wild. Do you? Um. I mean, if you hang around that area, I'm sure you will. But, you know, that's a smaller private school, too. But I'm saying, like, here in Charlotte, dude, we see all kinds of fan bases. We, not just the North Carolina schools or Clemson and South Carolina, but there are a lot of Virginia Tech people. There are a lot of Alabama fans. There are, I mean, I ran into three Alabama Kyle, fans. Kyle, Kyle, first of all. Auburn. Alabama is everywhere. I, right. I get it. But I'm saying, don't like, Don't be comparing us with the The point others. is, here in Charlotte, you run into a boatload of fan bases yes, from all over the Southeast. I don't see that many Georgia Tech fans. I don't, I don't see them very much. And I know they're out there. Don't get me wrong. But, like – Georgia Tech at least used to have football or basketball. Yeah, or basketball. You're in the heart of Atlanta. Like, how do you? How are you not a perennial? Well, I only ACC know Georgia contender? Tech be good at basketball, like a couple. No, well, they have some really good yeah. basketball teams, yeah. man. Like they're in the heart of Atlanta. They should be a perennial ACC contender. They just should. Um, and, and like Josh Pastner, don't get me wrong. It looks like he's maybe starting to do a little something there, but maybe not. I don't know. Point being, they just cleaned house. AD and head football coach. Yeah. Like, it's dude, you got to win. They're and, talking about Deion Sanders. He knows Atlanta. Why would Deion go to Georgia Tech? I think Deion has bigger. I, I don't think now's the time. I think Deion, on his own time, will come up to a big power five school and run it. But I think Auburn. right now he's doing his purpose. Auburn. He's a per- Auburn. That's not a great fit at all. Why? It's it's not. Okay, and I'm just asking because that's the next big one to come open. You saw the reports today. They've already told Harson he's gone. Right. I mean, I could have told you that two weeks ago. We all ago. knew that. The way the last season ended, we all knew that was coming. Well, it's just, it's just been a lot, okay? They Auburn's lost being Penn, Auburn. Their kicked it by Penn State at home. Before the game, Auburn's being Auburn to the most Auburn way right, right now. There's okay? a lot of evidence. There was always evidence that was going to end poorly. Yes. But my right? point is, so since that's going to open. No, he wouldn't do that either. Dion would be a good fit there? Why? I don't think it's a great fit there just – the alumni, are they going to give him, like, are they going to let him do him? Like, think about it. When has Auburn ever let any coach kind of do them? I guess what I would say is he's Dion. So, you got to take Dion as he comes or not so, at all. So, okay. And then this is the – so, I've had this conversation with some of my Auburn fans. I'm glad you brought this up. So, in, the, in any situation, any type of marriage, you must look at it in the fact of, all right, all these rumors and everybody that says he's a good fit for Auburn are all Auburn people because it benefits them. How does this relationship benefit Dion at all? Money. You think Dion's in it for the money? I think I've never met a millionaire who doesn't want more millions. I understand that, but do you think Dion's truly in this right now for the money? He's uh, told at Jackson people, State. No, exactly. No, not at Jackson he, State. I think he has a bigger purpose right now in his life that he's trying to obtain. His daughters are in school there. His two boys are in school there. I don't think him leaving right now and all of a sudden I'm just going to – like they're enjoying their – and all these young men that he's recruited there and talked to and got to come there, like he's not going to be able to bring any of them. You think right now for what he's been able to build and help try and do, bring in this excess money, have this own new stadium, this whole facility, all these things are happening all around him to just like, yeah, I'm going to go dip to play, go coach at Auburn. Or, yeah, I'm going to go dip and go coach at um, whatever other well, – Georgia Tech. Put it this I way. just don't think that's if where his State purpose is If Florida State came open, right he would take it. Mm, you know, I don't think he would right now. I think 
because he wanted it and they didn't give it to I him. I don't question his commitment to Jackson State. I'm not I'm not trying to question that. I'm just saying that like if he really if coach I don't is, he's not gonna be there forever, Kyle. I don't think he is, but I don't think he's leaving the next two years though. Well he might not. And and I saw maybe I was thinking maybe, hey, he goes to Auburn, you know, his son comes with him to play quarterback, you know, that sort of thing. He's got two sons there, so he's well, got to and bring that's both. a fair point. Like but that, then it's like other kids too, and his daughters are playing ball there. Well, that I didn't know. Yeah, his daughter's yeah, that, playing basketball. Yeah, that I did not know. See that that and that that makes more sense then, um, but that, the the thing for me is Dion got tied to both Georgia Tech and Arizona State, and I was like, wait, why? Why would because Dion... he's a hot name coach? You know, Georgia Tech, I get he was in Atlanta, but like, Arizona and what State... about the number one corner he just signed last year? He have to bring him too, like. He... But then, like, at what point do you cut off? Right, that's so unfair to the kids. And Dion, for as much as he talks about for the kids, would that be the right move? Uh, that would be, in my from opinion, from a PR standpoint, no, definitely not. Exactly, from exactly, in my opinion, for being such a Dion fan, I I would believe for him to leave right now, that it would be a stain, in my opinion, on him for that. But he still has to make his own decision. He's his own man, and I trust Dion always makes the best decision for himself, or he wouldn't be where he is right now. Brother, I, I, it's getting late. I got to listen to some Coolio on the drive home. All right, man, uh, go do it, bro. It is some, getting late. Look into more about this NASA rocket crash. Uh, good stuff. We got 65 coming up next, so we will do this 